All right, how's everybody today? Very good. I, I can tell by your enthusiasm, you're so excited. <laughs> Amen. You know, he's he talking about the difference between, and really the kingdom and the church are lining up today because heaven and earth are getting closer and closer. How many of you know that? And so there's just really a thin veil is all it is. It's really, a, and the veil was never meant to, to keep us to where we couldn't see through the heavens or couldn't see what God was saying. So, but many times we thought it's been some real mysterious thing, you know, that you can never find out. But thank God he is revealing the mysteries of the kingdom. Amen. Because the mystery never was supposed to be hidden from you. It was hidden for you. So when we realize that, then we keep that edge of seeking after him and open to him to where he can speak to us at any time. Amen. So it's good to be back. Good to see you. I, I know that uh, Les and Cresha have been suffering for the Lord this past week. I pray that they made it through. Victoria, did you get any stripes or anything? You're okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, the connotation of what church became was a place you go to, a building, an event, a program, a service. And how many know that just really is not the biblical definition? <laughs> Amen. But that's what institutionally it became through the years all the way back to the, revel- the, the Reformation that, that Martin Luther had. He had a, you know, he had a great revel- revelation from where they were in the 16th century, but they still carried over, even he carried over many of the same traditions. And so for 500 years, we've been continually coming out, coming out, coming out, coming out into more of the, the, the plan of God, the purpose of God that he's, that he's always had for his people. Amen. And uh, that song is really good. Stevie, the, we, we're, we're not a slave to fear, are, are we, anymore? Amen. We're sons of God. We've been called into His sonship. So as we continue on and as we allow the Holy Spirit to continue to minister to us, then He'll, he'll open our eyes to things that we... Have you, ever, have you ever said before, probably before you maybe came to this setting, maybe somewhere you were 10, 15 years ago in a particular religious place, oh, I'll never do that, or I'll never be like that, or I'll never give that expression, you know, and and the very thing you said you wouldn't do, you're doing now. I'm talking about good in a good way. Um, And it's because we keep progressing with the kingdom of God. Amen? So I want to, uh, the Lord really, He doesn't always deal with me specifically, (laughs) as, as you probably found out, the times I've been here, I kind of start somewhere and let her fly, you know, let, let her rip. But he, but he gave me something because of I like what Brother Les put on the on the journey life uh, head. Uh, what do you call that? Um, yeah, the, an apostolic people changed the culture, and we are called to extend the kingdom. Not and I like what he he didn't say not expand the church. He said not expand a church, meaning that. It's not about just what God is doing at the journey life. We all understand that, don't we? We're a part of it, 
you're a part of what God is doing here. Thank God for that. But that is to be a, in fact, I, I believe that journey life is to be a real synergistic catalyst to keep spreading and bringing reformation and revival and renewal to the body of Christ. So if you could see yourself in that role, that puts you more like an ambassador and more like a kingdom citizen that you're not just here attending a service, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm talking a little bit, but is that okay? Uh, it, it's, we're not just attending a service. As kingdom citizens, we come together to dialogue with heaven, to dialogue with the king, so that he can then bring expression to each of us of, oh, now, okay, now I can see where we're going or what I need to do or what he's saying to me about this week, you know. And so that's important. And I pray that I know that, 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 that Brother Les is really emphasizing the kingdom, and I appreciate that because every time you start emphasizing the kingdom, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because you scare, you begin to rattle everything that is content with being religious, content with having church as we've known it. And so uh, if I stretch you a little bit today, believe you me, I'm not really trying to do it. Um, if y'all would have started late, I would have took my 40, 45 minutes anyway. So, so, so amen. So. Uh, I used to say when they, we'd be in those places where they would like worship for an hour and a half, you know, and then have whatever. I said, well, y'all took your time, so I, can I take my time? Amen. I should get equal time, right? <laughs> Amen. Uh, turn to Philippians chapter 4, since it is also the season of Thanksgiving, which should be all the time, right? That we're emphasizing this Thanksgiving week. In fact, the, aren't... Uh, Well, we really shouldn't be surprised. The world doesn't emphasize Thanksgiving. It goes from Halloween to Christmas, right? (laughs) So, so maybe it's good to talk about it sometime. But even even the church doesn't always do that either, except have a little special deal about it. But, but it it should be a matter, of course, of walking in 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 a real grateful giving of thanks heart. But the Lord spoke this to me specifically. And I don't even, a lot of time, don't even have a title or don't even have a, you know. A, but, but I want to talk to you about keys to kingdom peace. Keys to kingdom peace. Because if we are going to extend the kingdom, it's not going to be in warfare. How I many you know you can't extend something when you're fighting all the time? <laughs> so if we're going to extend the kingdom, we need to find that place of peace which another word for peace is rest in the Lord or rest in the Spirit. Um, it doesn't mean you don't do anything. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you just, you know, watch the Sooners every Saturday and that's it, or the Longhorns or what. Oh, there's a Sooner fan right there. Oh, I got that. That's a word of knowledge maybe. But, <laughs> uh, but it means that we function from a place of rest not trying to win the battle or win a war because how many of you know he's already won the war? He has already defeated the foe. So we're functioning today to carry on out then what he's already finished in the spirit. We walk it out. Okay. 
So it doesn't mean you say, well, if he finished it all and all evil is defeated, why do we have all this stuff going on in the world? Well, that's why he gave us authority in the earth realm, because what he did in the heavenly realm, he said, now all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. So go, therefore, and do what? Make disciples of all, of all nations, not just men. Mark 16, where Brother Les read today, is an individual thing like, you know, lay hands on the sick to the believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. So that, that's good, too. But Matthew 28, 19, that commission there was to go and make disciples of all nations, ethnos, all eth, ethnicity. Uh, how do you say that? Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. All people groups, right? All people groups. So that's how we began to, in everyday life, that's why the importance of when we come together should be to really come together in hearing something from him to take it out with us, right? So I want to use that, that word peace as a, I don't know if you call that an acronym or an acrostic uh, for uh, if it's already a word, P-E-A-C-E. And I want to take those five letters and give you some keys to the kingdom uh, because th- we, need the, we need to understand what keys do for us, right? Jesus said to Peter, you know, he said, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my ecclesia, the Greek word there, ecclesia, and the gates of hell, or the word hell there is not, not talking about a burning fire, it's talking about, it's actually death, it's the Hades, it's the word, the, the gates of hell or the power of death will not prevail against the church, or, or against it. And then he said, I'll give you keys of the kingdom. So we need those, and he didn't say keys to the kingdom, he said keys of the kingdom, Okay. There's a difference there because we think if we had it too, we would think, okay, I can just go do this. Well, we need to know how to use the keys of the kingdom because he said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Literally, the, the Greek implies whatever has already been bound, you can bind. Whatever already has been loosed in heaven, you can loose on earth. Amen. So we begin to see clearly when we begin to get some keys of the kingdom. But let's read this, uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, somebody say the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, that's a familiar passage. Everybody knows that, right? Yeah. But isn't it powerful, though? Think about it. If you haven't read it for a while, or you haven't stood on it for a while, be anxious for nothing. The old King James word, be careful for nothing. It just means don't be anxious about anything but pray about everything i think whoever coined that i think was joyce meyer i think be, don't be anxious about anything but pray about everything so what as we do that we know that we should with thanksgiving let our requests be made known unto god and the peace of god which surpasses all your natural understanding and ability to pray when you get in that realm of peace it takes you out of just your individual natural situation I mean, no, sometimes we're looking at it like it's just impossible. Look at what I'm facing. Look at what I'm going through. Well, if you keep looking at it in the natural, many times you'll, you'll get discouraged, right? But we need to see it from a, a heavenly realm. And so he'll guide our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now turn over one book to Colossians, and let's take the first P, the word for P, 
is, of course, what we should expect, prayers. How many know we need to pray and we need to have understanding of the, of the kinds of prayer there, there are? There are different kinds of prayer. It's not just prayer, it's prayers. And there's different ways. In fact, you'll see on my, on my second or third letter, second one, I think, in 1 Timothy 2, it'll tell us about it. But let's read Colossians 1, 9. Here's a kingdom prayer right here. Colossians 1, 9 through 13, I believe. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Man, these are powerful words, aren't they? I mean, just reading them, I mean, you could just go off on any of those. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to be partakers, listen to this, of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And then the powerful verse 13, he has delivered us. Somebody say, he has delivered us from the power of darkness or the domain of darkness and translated us, conveyed us, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son or unto the son of his love. I like that. I mean, thank God when you come into uh, a relationship with Jesus Christ as the king, it's not just something that you accept him. I mean, you know, he accepts you. <laughs> Amen. The more important part is that, well, have you accepted Christ? Well, the main thing is he's already accepted you, so you've just got to receive what he's already done, right? And when you come into that kingdom, then he begins that process because deliverance, Herman, you would know this, deliverance many times is a process. It's, a, it's getting people to a place that they understand that deliverance is not just maybe going through a lot of motions all the time. It's understanding Number one, that he has delivered us. He has set us free. Then we began to learn how to occupy in the principles that he gives us. But he's delivered us from this domain of darkness. We're not, this world, this system, this world system is not where we live. It shouldn't be where we exist in. We have a higher call and a higher kingdom. Amen. Now, that's where we should live in. So this is, this is powerful in the sense of that if we understand that if we are going to extend the kingdom, we understand the, what's called the Lord's Prayer. Many, many believe that was the, the disciples' prayer, you know. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and so forth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That's, that's powerful. But another prayer that Jesus prayed then in John 17 is, Father, make them one as we are one, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Amen. And so as we grow in unity and as we grow and pray the right kind of prayers to enter into the kingdom, then God begins to release these things about being able to be filled with the knowledge of his will and, and walking worthy of the Lord and strengthened with all might. Amen. How many believe that you can walk in a place where of daily renewal where he strengthens you? He renews you. And so that's important to do that. This, uh, so I don't want to spend much time till I get to these two or three last ones. You can turn over to 1 Timothy 2. The second letter, E, is if we're going to have understanding of the kingdom, we need to know that there's a spirit of exhortation. 
exhortation. The apostles had a, in the early church several times, it's, it, it talks about they exhorted the saints. They exhorted them. Acts 2.41, they exhorted them to continue in, in the apostles' teaching and fellowship and breaking the bread in prayer. Exhortation is not just getting up and giving a little word about something. There's a real gift of, in fact, one of the, one of the Romans 12 gifts is, is uh, exhortation, to exhort. So if you have a spirit, if you can exhort, which means there's a anointing and a conviction of not just giving opinion and not just giving what you think, but an exhortation is really anointed of the Lord. It's part of the apostles' teaching and fellowship. And some of you have that. Have that. I'm thinking of Sam back there. Sam, you got a good gift of exhortation. I know Ingrid really appreciates that. And my wife has a good gift of exhortation, especially when I'm driving, Cresha. She really gets anointed. She really gets anointed to exhort. And, uh, wow, I better get off that subject. But, amen. But um, what did I say? Did I say I meant Second Timothy? Did I mean Second Timothy 2? No, I'm in 2 Timothy, so that's why it wasn't reading right. 1 Timothy 2, it says, verse 1, Therefore I exhort, I exhort, first of all, that supplication... Now listen to the four different types of prayers he's going to talk about. Supplications, prayers, intercessions. How many know a little bit about interceding? You have intercessors here. And giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for, our, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus." who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. And then he said, For which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. So Paul had this gift of exhortation as well. And he talked about these different kind of prayers, these different uh, types of of petitioning the Lord and exhortations and supplications. We're not getting in. They all have special meanings, but we don't want to be here till 3 o'clock, right? So um, let's just say that these keys give us the ability to enter into a place that, because I'm going to spend more time. I'm getting through these two on the last two letters. Number three is access. How many know prayers will give us access? This is a powerful word, the word, the letter A. We're already halfway through, so you can say, thank God we're going to get out in time for the cowboys. Amen? Um, go to Romans chapter 5. And, and any diehard Texans fan, you don't have a problem. They, don't, they didn't play today. They don't play today. They played Thursday, right? <laughs> Amen. Boy, this is spiritual, isn't it? <laughs> Uh-oh, we got a real Patriot fan in here today. All right. Access is a powerful word because it gives us entrance. It gives you entrance into something. And, and these last two or three points are really going to be something to, to really ponder for a moment. But let's read this. I like, I like reading Scripture just to see where we make sure we're coming from the, the, the right place. I love Romans 5, 1 through 5 anyway. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this now. Through whom also we have what? 
access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. My, you know, there's so much. I hear apostles today talking about, and maybe some of them are maybe false. (laughs) Brother Les, you brought up some good points in that that exhortation you wrote. We have people today saying, well, we can just do away with the Scriptures now. We don't need them anymore, you know, because, oh, well, you don't really know what translation. You don't know who said this, who did that. That's a dangerous place to get to because God brought us the Scriptures. And although, yes, they were uh, Old Testament written in Hebrew, New Testament in Greek, and all the translations we have, God still got this, the, the strength and the power. And how many know... He got enough in the book to be able to give us power and victory and to over and to understand that we can overcome, right? So we don't go that we don't go there. Some say all we, all we need today is the Holy Spirit to just reveal to us what we need. And especially when I hear so-called apostles saying, I'm saying, wait a minute, you ought to be the ones that ought to be the most given to the scripture. Prophets, surely all the fivefold ministry certainly should, and every saint. It's not just every one of us should know the written word of God. But yes, do we need the spirit of the word, the spirit of the Lord, and the spirit of the word to blow upon that? Certainly, because I'm convinced that there are things in the written word that we've never gotten revelation of. <laughs> Some people are saying, "I want to get a revelation." I don't know what they want? They want to come up with something that God hasn't even heard about. <laughs> You know, they want to get famous and say, oh, look here, I got this and nobody else knows this. Well, well, no, that's not going to happen because when God illuminates something, it's just going to bear a witness with the Spirit of God with what and the Word of God because that's what's going to... In fact, the entrance into thy Word is light, I believe the psalmist said. So the entrance, access into His Word brings light. So, in other words, the opposite of that be if you don't have interest into his word, you're going to be out here in darkness because you're just going to be wandering around like, well, I just need a word from God. I wish somebody would prophesy a word from God. Well, that's great. That's good. But we need this access, don't we? Into this faith and into this grace in which we stand. And not only that, but we also, verse 3, glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not disappoint us. Amen? Hope doesn't disappoint. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but hope that's appointed doesn't disappoint because the love of God has been poured out, shed abroad. In our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I mean, when he begins to give that, that hope, I, I, was, I was going through something. In fact, just this week, I'd been presented with a, a couple of things that, I was, that, that would have been maybe good things or something that, I, that someone thought, why don't you maybe do this? And it kind of br- it brought me into it because I got my, it, it kind of gave me a distraction, put me in a distraction away from some other thing uh, in the Lord. So I was in this quandary for a while, for a few days even. And it was like, it was like, wait a minute, I don't have the peace of God about this. It doesn't bring hope. It doesn't feel like it's something that, that we should do or I should do about a certain thing. And, and immediately when I just said no and conquered that thing, conquered that fear of thinking, well, it might be something you might miss out on or maybe this could do this or do that. It immediately resolved. It immediately left. I mean, there was hope. 
there was, there was access to faith and peace again. And it brought something to my heart that I, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Now I realize I would have probably gotten off on a tangent or gotten off on a thing that would have taken away the distraction of what the Lord has given us an assignment to do. So how many thank God for access today? We have access into this grace by faith in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Because every time you do that, you're going to enter into something. You've got to go through something. And when you go through something, it's not to take you away from it. It's not to, I think Brother Les alluded to this, not to mean that you don't have faith or, or you're going through something because you've sinned. Or, no, no, a lot of times you're going through it because it's a process. It's a process of God building character and strength in our hearts, which gives us the pure foundation to stand on. I mean, you know, you've got to have a sure foundation today. Not just something that's, that's sinking sand, but really something that's strong. So we have that access into this grace in which we stand, which gives us the ability then to walk in faith and peace and hope, gives us a key to open up something in heaven that begins then to remove some of the cobwebs from your mind and open up your hearts to it. C is one little chapter. In fact, it's just one chapter. So it's Philemon. How many have heard of Philemon or Philemon? For some of you scholars, I guess. Uh, Verse 6, I love this verse. That the communication of your faith, C is communication. That the communication, in other words, for communication there is literally, it's not just talking with one another, it's sharing. It's really the word sharing. That the sharing or communication of your faith may become effectual, listen to this, by the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. Now, in one place, Paul said, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. But here he comes right back and says, wait a minute. I acknowledge every good thing which is in me. And then he puts the key there, which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. How many know that Christ Jesus in you is the good thing that produces the perseverance, the character, the Christ likeness that brings you and gives you access into the kingdom? If we're going to extend the kingdom, it's not going to be over debate and fight and and talking with warring against the institutions and warring against people's minds. We're not here to do that. We're here to simply, through obedience to Christ, advance the kingdom and extend the kingdom by fruit and power and his love. Amen. I mean, it's, it's so possible because I see some people are waiting for the, some big kingdom manifestation when God is wanting to reveal it every day. It starts in us little by little, what you do on your job, what you do in your business, what you do in your children, what you do in your family is extending the kingdom. If we operate and do it properly. Amen. So I acknowledge today. Why don't you say that? I acknowledge Every good thing that is in me, in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's the key. In Christ Jesus, because he's given us every good thing. Every good, James said, every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So he's always doing and bringing us. He's working it for our good. Amen. You ever gone through some things that didn't seem to be too good? But he was working it for your good. Amen. Because he's not going to leave you in a place of, of, of darkness and confusion. And, and no, he's not going to leave you there. You don't have to stay there. 
Amen. Thank you, dear. That's right. He's not going to leave you there. And when you're in that place, what I did this week when I finally made that decision, I was, man, that was the first time I had almost like wrestling over some, so that should have gave me the first clue uh, in, my, in my mind when I was losing my peace and, and, and over, over that, that thing, I thought, okay, wait a minute, I don't have to do that. That's not God. And, of course, our, my, uh, Pam, she always confirms it. In fact, she already knew it from the first time I mentioned it to her a week ago. And, and, uh, but I had to work it out. And came, when we came into understanding, it was easy through agreement to break the power of that. Amen. Keys to kingdom peace. Are you seeing it now? Prayers. Then you have exhortation. Be sure that you exhort. In fact, doesn't Scripture say, I believe it's in Hebrew, exhort one another daily. Exhort, speak life, speak to one another the words that God said. Even, even people don't understand if you have access to it. Sometimes when you just speak it, you don't have to have their consent or assent many times. It just needs to get out there. <laughs> uh, Lord, I have you say some tough things sometime and seem to be the wrong place, but it really is getting a word through to break something in the atmosphere. And that's important that you're able to do that. Exhort, you have access, you have entrance. Uh, here's a powerful... Um, Scripture, let me just give it to you, or maybe I'll read it real quick before we move to the last one. Um, it's in Second Peter 1, because it uses the word entrance. I wasn't going to read it. I was going to give you the path, but let me. Second Peter 1, um, 11 and 12, or 10. Let me start with verse 10. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance... And this is verse 11. Will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's not talking about just a future thing. That's not just talking about, oh, one day I'm going to come into the kingdom. No, what it's saying, that if you read all those verses between verse 3 and 10 that we didn't read. So look at them a bit later because it talks about all the things that, that help build a, a fruitful life. Amen. And he said, if you do these things, you won't stumble or fall, and then it will give you an entrance that will give, that actually it will be an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is a present truth. In fact, verse 12 says, for this reason, I'll not be negligent to remind you of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Somebody say present truth. Present truth is what God reveals to you presently. Well, that's deep, isn't it? Amen. I had to learn that in Bible college. No. The truth that's coming to you is a present truth, meaning God is revealing that to you by what he's saying. So remember that you've got an abundant entrance now into the kingdom of our, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, the final uh, letter E is where we'll take maybe just a little bit of time, and then we'll, we'll finish it up. Turn to Hebrews 13. If you were in Philemon, you may not be turning to those different places. You just got to turn into the book. Next book is Hebrews 13. The letter E, I've got a double for this one. Equip and establish. These are going to be the most probably important. You couldn't really say more important than one, but let's just say a finishing touch to prayer and exhortation and access and communication is to be equipped and established. That's what the local assembly was always supposed to be. The local assembly was always supposed to be a place of training, 
uh, developing, of learning and growing. Amen. So that you could be equipped and established in the Word of God. It never was to be a a orphanage, a, an orphan, to, to remain. Someone remain like in a in a kindergarten. I mean, you know, some people go to church and they never seem to get out of kindergarten for forty years. You know, that's not making. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that's part of what's gone on in our church institutional church because we've kept people, uh, and it came from that old spirit of of. Only, only the only the priest or only the pastor, only the preacher needs to know, and and let and the people don't need to know anything. Let's let them come and hear us. No, that's part of that old system that we're coming out of, so that we're all remember you're all kings and priests unto our God, right? We're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So we're all supposed to be involved. That's why that that there should be the right kind of interaction and dialogue and discussion, even in a local assembly setting. It's not all just one-way communication, but it's able to begin to catch hold to where all of a sudden you can sense that people are getting something by the Spirit of God. And, and that's what I pray that God is quickening things to you right now. Not about what I'm saying this. There may be another thing that God is quickening to you that gives you access and understanding into something. But here's a powerful verse. Hebrews 13, 20, 21. Now may the God of peace. Now a while ago we talked about the peace of God, right? The peace of God is great. But let me tell you what's even greater is when the God of peace shows up. <laughs> That's what we've got the peace of God. And, and then the second verse that I'll give you with this one, we have the peace of God and we have the grace of God. But how many of you know there's a God of peace and there's a God of all grace? And when that shows up, when that is revealed, that's going to catapult us. That's going to accelerate us into all these things that you hear on Facebook, all these glorious things that everybody's hearing and all these miracles. And it's literally going to get us into that place that we begin to walk in it. Amen. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the eternal or everlasting covenant. Now, 21 is the key. This translation says, make you complete or perfect in every good work. But the, also means to equip you. It will, he will equip you in every good work to do his will. How I many you know you could take that right there and say, okay, that means if I get equipped, if I get tools that prepare me of what I need to walk in and how to walk in and how to live in, I will be able, listen to this, to do every good work to do His will. I'll be walking in His will, working in His will. Whatever I do, it will lead me into the place that I am, listen to this next part, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So if the great shepherd of the sheep, who is Christ Jesus, if he has equipped us and he brings to us through the blood of his covenant to make us complete and perfect and equip us maturely in every good work to do his will, that means that there is going to be the glory of God begin to manifest in the people of God. We think the glory of God is just some ethereal mysterious thing that God's just all of a sudden going to know. It is something that builds and works in us, works in his body at all times to begin to get us to that place that finally the world may see Christ not just in me, but Christ in us, which is the hope of glory. 
And that begins to reveal the revelation of Jesus Christ. So he equips us and then he does this. He establishes us. Final passage, 1 Peter 5, two verses. Man, and Pam and I, we've lived in this a long time. This is, this is a powerful scripture. Wait till you hear it. I'm going to read it in the way the New King James, then I'm going to read it out of the original and where it would start, because we know it wasn't written in chapters and books, but when you get to that part of it. But verse 10 says, But may the God of all grace, somebody say God of all grace. I like that he didn't just say the God of grace. That'd be one thing, wouldn't it? But the God of all grace who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Leave out the next line. We'll come back to it. He will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You see that word right in the middle that we, everybody wishes wasn't in there after you have suffered a while? Now, that would have, that would have come after what, what was put in chapters and verses, verse 9, before you started reading, made the God of all grace. It says, after that you have suffered a while, <laughs> the God of all grace, okay, after that you have suffered a while, the God of all grace, who's called you to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, he himself will restore, equip, establish, perfect, or make you perfect, which means mature, right? Establish, strengthen, and settle you. My goodness, how many more words? How many more? How much more do we need? Listen to that. After that you have suffered a while, that's when the God of all grace restores. So why am I going through this? Why has this been something that's been a process in my life? Why have I not been able to get to where, well, or why have I gone through these various things in my life? It wasn't just to give us a, a martyrdom complex. How many know that? It wasn't make us victims. In Christ, we're not victims, right? But you are going to suffer for Christ Jesus. There is a suffering in Christ. And it's not about always being broke or poor or have a headache. I mean, you know, that's not all the suffering. The suffering of Christ is identifying with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And when we identify with everything that he has accomplished, then what it does, we experience things like rejection. We experience things like, like misunderstanding, where it gets bad, or slander, or all those kind of things. I mean, you know, most nominal Christians, if you just let somebody say something bad about them, or try to correct them, what do they do? They either fall apart, or they get angry. They get really offended. I mean, all you got to do is just point out, try to point out something, and somebody, oh, no, that's not me. I didn't do that. Or I don't, you know, well, wait a minute. It's not about, again, pointing out or what's this or what would, what would be that to hinder you. The whole thing is, is that when we're being equipped, when we're being restored, no matter if you've been walking through the valley a long time, no matter if you've been going through a, a trial, a test, uh, a suffering in an area that you didn't understand, that's when... The God of all grace shows up. Every one of you probably has a story when you were down, when you were in something, and finally when you, what? Yes, you, you, we, we need to learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. We need to learn how to, to say yes to Him and make sure we say, okay, Father, yes, I'm, I'm wanting this. Sometimes you don't even have to want it. He'll make you want it. <laughs> you ever 
So somebody said, well, you got to be willing. Pam said, she had a revelation of that. So, well, God knows how to make you willing. You know, he can make you willing. Well, we got to be willing, but you have to come to that place that he works in you, a willing spirit. He works in you the ability to yield. He works in you the, the ability to know that, okay, when you've come through that particular trial or that test or that pain or that rejection or that victim mentality or that orphan mentality, you know, all those kind of things, when you come through that, he does all these things. He restores, he perfects, he completes, he settles you, he strengthens you. And he establishes you. Wow. Nothing greater than being established. When you know, when he establishes you, then no man or no situation can move you off the rock. It cannot move you off the foundation of Jesus Christ. Yes, you may get discouraged at times. You may think that, oh, did I miss it? No. Just keep standing on the rock. Keep being settled and, and have that prayers. You have exhortation. You have access. You have communication sharing. And you have the equipping and the establishing that brings you into a place. These are kingdom. These are keys of the kingdom that bring kingdom peace. Because I do think I heard this about a child that was born and a son that was given in Isaiah 9. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So this thing is not getting ready to enter into a big ferocious battle like everybody thinks. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm talking about out there in the world system, there's a lot of that. But how many of you know in the kingdom of God, you're in the kingdom, everything outside can be so turned upside down and shaking. But in the kingdom, Hebrews 12 says, nothing that's in the kingdom can be shaken. Mean means you can't be moved out of it because you're so settled and equipped and established in it that nothing can move you out of it. How many have that kind of mindset today? Let's pray and agree right now today for the Father to bring illumination today to the Word. Lord, we thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you that, that just through the power of your written Word, not, not a presentation, not my words, but Lord, just through the power of your Word and your Spirit agreeing today, I thank you, Lord, that it will quicken in everyone today. It will quicken. The power of God will be quickened in each one, made alive, that they know, Father, that they are not, they are not going to be removed out of the kingdom. They can't be shaken off because, Father, these keys are given to them to walk in and be established. And I pray, Lord, that prayer, apostolic prayer of Paul, that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto every one of us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, so that the eyes, open the eyes of our hearts today, Lord. Open the eyes of our understanding. Let, let it get into them, Lord, even this afternoon, tonight, tomorrow, this week, Lord. Illuminate yourself so that we may know what is the hope of your calling in Jesus' name.